welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, and this may be the most uh, inevitable podcast we've ever done. It's hard to believe that in almost 200 episodes now, this is episode number 184, we've never actually talked about Radiohead. I mean, sure, we've referenced them uh, as they have influenced most of the music that we tend to talk about. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but they haven't had an album out. Last album was King of Limbs. We weren't doing the podcast thing then. Not a lot of people were, actually. Um, except maybe Leo Laporte. And, uh, Bob, with All Songs Considered. Um, last album, uh, I'll I'll just, Cliff Notes here for me, I didn't like it. My band sort of let me down. Uh, you know, I think all of us who, who like indie rock or, or just rock in general, we've been a huge fan of this band through the years. And uh, so it's been interesting to watch them evolve. When this album was announced, I, I said, we're going to tape it. And then we actually canceled it, canceled our review, said, you know what? Let's not do a knee-jerk reaction. Let's take some time with it. And I can tell you after taking some time with it, it was the right decision. Uh, and maybe a weird decision, because even right now as I'm taping it, uh, listen to it today. And my opinion changed from when we recorded this last week of what I think of this, which is... I don't, I don't know if that means it's great art. I don't know if that means it is uh, is great pop that fits into every circle uh, and therefore not really that good. I, I, I don't know. But uh, you guys have been listening to it, and, and you can damn well make up your own decisions. So uh, thank you for listening to us ramble on about this in the next, like, 40 minutes. Uh, but it's a fun conversation um, with four people who are actually sort of grew up with this band. Um, also, sort of treat at the back end of this, um, we're going to be talking uh, about a band called Rare Essence. They have a new album out called Turn It Up, and we've got the single called Turn It Up. Um, if you don't know Go-Go, we, you know, we, we talked about the, the music of DC here, the sort of indie rock craze that's going on now. All of that is good. Uh, most of it's great, in fact. Um, you know, you've got your punk rock history uh, here, Fugazi, Discord, and whatnot. Uh, but what you don't hear people talk a lot about is Go-Go. And that, to me, is like the indigenous music of of Washington, D.C. Talking about Chuck Brown. Talking about bands like Rare Essence, uh, who, uh, y- you know, when there was nothing going on here, that it was that and jazz. And uh, for my money, uh, that is the soul of the city. So that's why we're going to be playing that. Uh, also, uh, right up at the top, we're going to be uh, talking about little news that is now been discredited by Apple, but it's an interesting discussion nonetheless, um, where uh, sites basically said that Apple Music was going to discontinue music downloads in two years. Um, I don't know about you, but that's a sort of horrifying thought, uh, especially if you are uh, a mega collector and are, are upset that Apple Music is, is messing with your metadata. If, if that is your thing, you probably just passed out. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that up the top of this. So all in all, it's it's a pretty epic podcast as we uh, scream towards episode 200. So uh, I'm going to get out of your way right now. I uh, hope you're ready. I hope you got a beverage. hope you're relaxed. This is sort of a chill, chill episode. Uh, here you go. This is episode number 184 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. We're reviewing the new album from Radiohead, A Moonshaped Pool. And it finishes here. Two men enter. One man leaves. Merely a two-word review. Just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the maximum. That right there is a wonderful sandwich. Check, 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 check. You are always welcome back to the basement, gentlemen and lady. Uh, I think Carrie, you and I are still reeling from our fruit bats extravaganza yesterday. You got it. It is, uh, you know, we had, uh, you probably heard the episode this week, but we had them down here. Uh, it was sort of 
fantastic, mind-blowing, heady. We had to give Kevin some smelling salts. Yes, <laughs> very much true. Um, this week we're going to be talking about the uh, new Radiohead album. We it came out last week. We wanted we were trying to get it done, I think, really quick, and then thought about it, and we're like, you know, let's wait a week. Let's digest it. So Sorry, nothing missing, quick about this album. We, we, yeah, we, <laughs> we may be missing all the hits, but uh, this is going to be the most uh, comprehensive and correct take on the Radiohead album. <laughs> In the universe. Well, from, from, from some people. From the 23rd most influential music blog in the world. Um, before that, though, we talked about a little link that popped up on the internet. This was on uh, Mac, Mac Rumors. I saw it first on Digital Music News, which you should never go to because it's a piece of shit site. But It will break your <laughs> oh, it's, it's It's clickbait. It is fucking... But, but they, somewhere in the, in the articles they post, there is nuggets of truth, but it's it's basically the National Enquirer of, <laughs> of music news. Uh, but basically claiming that uh, in two years, uh, Apple intends to phase out downloads completely. That means that the iTunes store that you know and love is going to go away in favor of a purely streaming uh, economy. I want to know why they're giving us two years of notice for that, but we only get like two weeks to prepare for Nashville being canceled. <laughs> that is true. That is, uh, we should have talked about that in the news. Wait, people watch but that, that, that news? That, that, that news <laughs> no. is just like, Wait, people download from iTunes? That news is just fuck you, ABC. <laughs> I mean, uh, Daria's upstairs crying right now. She hasn't left the room she in three days. Um but no. can so can the iTunes store really go away though because they'll st they'll still sell video. There's not going to be like a streaming video service, right? So theoretically, you're still there still needs to be some Well, that's why we're talking about it because there's lots that. of implications yeah. to this. Right. Um you and know they're listening because we're very influential. Like yes. We'll take our advice. Yes, they well they should. Uh you know, we've we've covered the whole streaming thing with Title Talk and and how this is going physical media. And generally when we talk about physical media, we're talking about stuff like bullshit cassettes, uh vinyl which is not bullshit, but and and CDs, which you know, we've covered that that isn't really a viable thing unless you're stealing my 311 CDs, Eduardo. I'm working on that, man. I have a plan to get them out of here. You'll never know. <laughs> uh, you're right. I won't because they, they haven't come out of that box in at least five years, um, except that one night. <laughs> um, I Kevin was trying I to do an acoustic cover. <laughs> so you know that he has Guns always been pussies. down, down. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, but. When I read this news, I immediately some part of my brain just like clicked on and started freaking out because I am not a collector at all. But there is something to this idea of ownership, and like there's a, currently a problem uh, with Adobe software where they're on a completely subscription based model. You pay uh, fifty bucks a month essentially to get the suite. At no point can you own it. So if you like mm -hmm. discontinue your payment to that, you could do it five years from now, and all your work is gone. You have no way to access it. So my question, my first question about all of this is how the fuck do they think this is going to work for people who, who like aren't interested in streaming music? I, th I think that um, it would, it would prompt Apple to reevaluate so much about how um, your phone relates to your computer, mm -hmm. which is that. So, and um, I don't think Paul's an Apple a, no. an apple person but i think the rest of us are so so you know you can only sync your phone with one computer at a time in one library and if you change that then all the files on it are gone so i think for this for this to work at all apple really has to open up uh phones and let them be used almost as like as like hard drives which yeah. is what most android phones already are like but isn't that a left i mean i think that's a leftover from them not wanting you to be able to transfer the files that you've purchased yeah, using a phone around yeah, it's a leftover around. from like it's, piracy it's the concerns. last bit of drm right. and so, yeah. right and right, so right, now right. that you're going to have streaming there's absolutely no reason for them not to open the phones mm -hmm. because it wouldn't make any difference where you're listening or why it's you have to be able because you're just streaming so who cares mm -hmm. Which, which also, uh, to that point, like it is a very interesting and uh, clever, I guess, way to end piracy, for the most part. I mean, these these are these people will always be able to hack it, but this is not. Uh, when mm. the files are out there, you can just come across them in a drive, and get them, and then spread them around the internet. Streaming is a whole different story. You know, you, you you're always going to have the analog hole, but you have to, uh, if you were to stream a rip like Chance's new album, right, uh, right. which uh, sort of plays into this actually. Um, if you were to like rip a stream of that directly from iTunes, it's a pain in the ass. 
like it can be done because somewhere there are files. Well, but even you know one of one of the knocks against Apple is just that sort of the, the all the all the implications of a closed ecosystem. So I have access to everything that I've ever purchased from Bandcamp through the app, but I can't download that for offline listening on my phone. I can only stream it. That's true, right? That's true. So, but you can download it to your. Uh, basically have a backup to my one computer that I can sync my phone with. Right. But I yeah. can't do it. So I can't do it. Like if I'm at work and I buy something and I'm away from my personal laptop, well, Bandcamp like you can download anywhere. Right. But I can't then transfer those files from say my work computer to my phone That's because right, yeah. Apple would say, Oh, but yeah, if in the Apple model, yeah. right, right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's because, because like I have an extensive like music library and it is, I subscribe to Apple Music. There's some problems. Like I don't use Apple Music on my main repository. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right. if if I really like an album, I buy the digital file and I drop it in right. there, and then I have that as a backup. Um, that said, I, I do listen to streaming music almost exclusively. Uh, and but if that's the only option, and that, this was a problem I, I ran into with Chance's record uh, that dropped on Friday, uh, Coloring Book, which we're, we're going to be talking about that in a few weeks, but um, this is a mixtape, mm-hmm. and a mixtape is an important part of the hip hop culture. Dat piff. Yeah, well, that's the, yeah. and, and I'm getting to that is is that uh, his last two albums have been completely free, and you could find them on SoundCloud. You could find them on Dat Piff if you knew what that was. If you weren't, if you know what Dat Piff is. If you weren't a hip hop fan, and I mean, I I didn't know what Dat Piff was until uh, shit, I don't know this year. I had no idea it existed. So this album is then marketed as not even that you can get it on iTunes. You can only get it on Apple Music and stream it, mm-hmm. which then cuts out a large part of his fan base, and, and, and specifically the kids in Southside Chicago that he has worked so hard to help because they can't afford a subscription to Apple Music. If everything goes away and they can't get the files that they just people aren't sending them to them, you know, because if this works, Amazon's going to go this way, right? Google Play is going to go this way. Is there going to be somebody sitting around who's going to be the rebel and be like, "Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to be the one who has files," and that's the selling point for their service? There will always be somebody who does that. I think, um, I think Amazon is never going to get rid of the physical aspect of their business. Right. Um, and if they're not getting rid of the physical aspect, then it makes sense for them not to get rid of the digital downloads either. Like, right. if they're still going to be the place that people want CDs, they just open buy CDs more. from, they might as well allow people to download. Yeah. Um, but Amazon has ecosystem problems too because they don't play nice with Google mm-hmm. and they've had they've had issues with Apple before too because they don't want, they want to, they've been trying to develop their own hardware ecosystem to go with their software ecosystem. It's just that nobody wants the fire. <laughs> the it's fire stick. A, a terrible device. So... I, I, so I don't know. It's 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 this. Bi- it's a big fight for everybody trying to get to kind of where Apple has been for a while. Everybody would love to have a vertical integration model, mm-hmm. but Apple's the only one that can make it work because they have been building it for the last thirty years. Yeah, and they've got people who are dedicated enough to stay within that ecosystem. Uh, Google's got a lot of dedicated folks too, but a big part of why people like Google is because it's open, because anybody can develop on the platform. Right. I mean, that's frankly, that's why I use them. There are yeah. a lot of problems with Google. I don't like giving them a bunch of my information, but I do love that it's an open development platform and that even when they aren't playing nice with, say, Amazon, you can still you still have the option of downloading third-party apps and and working through them even if they're not playing in the Play Store. Yeah. So, yeah. But so so as so as a Google user, like how how does this affect you at all? No, it doesn't. I I, I used iTunes for a time back, like probably ten years ago, uh-huh. because there was you know that was that that gap before the phone. Your phone was able to be an effective MP3 player, and when everybody yeah. else got pushed out of the MP3 well, player yeah, the market, right. yeah, I mean, my, my, yeah. My first MP3 player was <laughs> was a Creative Lab. Oh Zen. Jesus, you're <laughs> one of those people. <laughs> Because I that, did not want to be on an iPod. That but does I, not surprise me at all. <laughs> nope. But I eventually gave up because right. nobody else was was able to match what Apple had. But that is the only Apple product I've ever owned was my was my old iPod. And as soon as something else viable came along, my I don't even know what my login to did iTunes you get a Zoom? is anymore. 
I did not get a Zune. <laughs> there was no Zune. I thought about it. But after my Creative Labs experience, I decided that I would just go with the thing that actually worked. Okay. So, <laughs> but that, but other than that, you know, like, I, th- I think this is the natural extension of the model. Like, this, the writing's been on the wall since, uh, I think, what, three years ago when Netflix announced that they were phasing out, that they were trying to phase out their physical disc model. Uh-huh. I might be one of the last subscribers to that yes, service you, yes, as well. Yes, certainly are. But, uh, <laughs> but nobody wants to deal with, uh, there's, no, there's no margin for most of these providers in dealing with either downloads or physical copies. Unless your business is dealing with downloads and physical copies, everybody yeah. else would rather just move it to the cloud Apple's always been zealous about their IP and their DRM. Mm-hmm. And this is, as you said, just the natural extension of the DRM lockdown right here. Like, yeah, you don't even have a copy. Is. It's mm-hmm. not about how many right. copies you can send, how many copies you can sync. It's like, nope, you pay us, you, you, you stay on right. it. So, yeah. and, and, that's, and that's where, weirdly, uh, this bothers me more than, say, with uh, films. You know, and I consume, and I think in general, people consume music much more often. Much wider variety, so you know I've I've bought films on our Apple TV, and it's like that's fine. I don't have the thing in front of me. I will probably I bought it because it was cheap. You know, I'll probably watch it maybe three more times to some of these movies before critters. It, yeah, we watch. Yeah, well that, <laughs> but that was a rental, and 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 it's because you don't want that on your right and, <laughs> polluting your. <laughs> we watched critters yesterday, um, and but but because uh, of course, but um. <laughs> It's Eric's fault. I <laughs> blame you, Fruit Pets. Uh, but uh, you know, the the ones that I do own, you know, I fully expect to, uh, at some point, if I'm just feeling slack when 8K TV comes out, I'll I'll pay the 15 bucks again. Like that's the cycle of it. What I don't like about this is that because of the quantity and because of the wild variety of this. If for some reason, like say say a uh, a revolution moment, you, you know what I'm talking about, the show. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> say what are you doing? <laughs> say something like that happens, and all of a sudden, like you have based your library uh, of this component that is important to your life upon this streaming model, and then it's you just don't have access for it. Well, I just had this, so I just had a neighbor cut my cable line. It did. Um, and so for like 36 hours, there was no Apple TV, no Hulu, no Netflix, you know, no, no cable because we still right. have cable because we're old. Um, you just over to my house. Like I'll lend you some old Japanese of National movies. Geographic or? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was harrowing. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm, I'm here and standing and able to talk. Is but, real. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is, it is a very real um, issue if, if there's no... Um, so, you know, if there's no local files, I guess one question I have is whether, and I think Kevin, you and I talked about this a little bit, like, does that change how phones are designed in terms of memory? Yeah. Um, does, is all of a sudden, like, the 128 gig phone, like, out the window because... Yeah, no because one, you don't... you don't you Unless need, people take lots of pictures of their kids. You need, you need not, not memory space, but you need the memory to run it, like RAM. Yeah, right, right. To, to run it, but you don't need anything else. It, it becomes a node off the supercomputer. Right, right. I mean, we're also getting into the Skynet territory with this. Or, you know, Stephen King's got a movie outcome, uh, Cell. It was a book, you know, about a signal sent out through cell phones. You know, if these things are just the end point of some larger network, uh, period, that there's no, like, personal functionality, then that's going to be a radical shift, I think, in the way people think of their devices and how they're manufactured. Because I'm not paying, like I said, I'm not, I'm not yeah. buying, I have a 64 gig now, and, like, that's, all, that's almost too much. Right. Yeah. There's no such thing as too much storage. Well, if you don't need the storage at all, what do you need it for? I mean, you're going to need it for a baby. <laughs> so you can store a baby on a phone. Yes, uh, Mitomo. Wow. <laughs> oh, no, no, I. But I, I don't know. I, I look. I I stream most of my most of my music these days. Right. But but what if it goes away? Well, what that's that's the thing. Then you go and buy it like that's uh, there's always going to be a way to buy it i think that there will always be a way to preserve it what i worry more about i i actually kind of take the opposite thing i think it's a bigger deal with movies than it is with music the way that it's going right here because i think that the way that licensing is done for music there's going to always be a service that you can 
get you that you can get your stuff from, and you always have the option option of downloading the physical mm-hmm. copy. With movies, like it actually affects what's archived. It affects what's available, and it affects what people know about. Like the problem with Netflix and the problem with Amazon is that they don't have licensing rights for a lot of things, right. and they choose not to have licensing rights for a lot of things. They li- they favor original content, they favor big studio movies for new stuff, and there are older movies that are impossible, and not even older movies, just foreign films, minor indies, things like that that are impossible Critters. to get. <laughs> No, I, had to, I, I fully you... expected to be free on some site that I, I, I subscribed to Hulu, I subscribed yep. to Netflix, Amazon Prime. I'm like, that dumbass movie made in 1986 should be available for free. It was not. So to my shame, I paid $4 for it yesterday. But that, not even not everything is even available for rent right. on some of these right. on some of these. The services. interesting thing about Critters is that it was $4 to rent and $2 to own. <laughs> <laughs> Now, yeah, well, it's funny. There's a film, uh, and it might not be true anymore, but it was uh, at least a couple months ago uh, that falls into this territory, and that is Looking for Mr. Goodbar. And a lot of the reason is because of the music used in the film, and they have never figured out the rights, and there has never been a release past that VHS thing. Is that right? Yeah. That's why, okay. That's why you can't yeah. find it. right, right, right. Damn. I mean, not that I want to see it again. It's not... Yeah, it's, a, it's sort of a downer. Down <laughs> right, right. The, it's an excellent one time, movie. Yeah, yeah, the one time was enough, though. Um, yeah, I mean, so when you say go out and buy it, Paul, you also have put off getting into vinyl. You're a collector. I mean, yeah. you do that. So, And, and the reason you have... That's why I've put off getting into right. vinyl. But and, so, mm-hmm. so this forces your hand. No. So if all your music all of a sudden goes away... What do you, how are you, how are you gonna like supplant that? Are you just gonna listen to the radio? Or are you gonna listen to like internet radio? The radio? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Well, like, let, let's be clear. All of my music would never go away because I have several folders of CDs. Okay. it's just everything that happened after and, 2005. And that's that's, that would the, that's go away. and that's yeah. the point because we all have that. But this going forward, like younger generations stuff, would not. At all have that, and that, and mainly they wouldn't have it because they don't have the option to have it. Yeah, I, but I guess the thing is that I see where you're going with this, um, and I and it's a concern, but I don't think it's a real world concern. It's a everything in the world goes down concern, like in in, in a in a world where there's in no. A world. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> in a world thing. where there's no streaming services. <laughs> Then at this point, that probably means you've got much bigger problems because the market is so big and broadband access is becoming so ubiquitous yeah. that there's always going to there's going to be a player out there in the streaming market. And if not, you know, it's going to be more an issue of does your favorite band pull their music or do the licensing rights go away? And, yeah. at, that, and at that point, mm-hmm. you've got the choice of either moving to the service that they went to. Or buying the physical copies. I mean, this it, it's it, back in the fracturing. Yeah, it time. happened with Prince already when he pulled it from everything but title. It was like, do you want to buy? If you don't have Prince's albums, do you want to buy Prince's albums or do you want to go to title? Those were your choices. Well, yeah, and what was crazy is that is that when he died, people were like, actually went out and bought his albums, mm-hmm. uh, some digitally, but a lot of physical copies to the point that he went to number one and two. Like it was Purple Rain and, and his greatest hits still on the Billboard charts. Um, and, uh, but radio stations stepped in to fill the gap. I was, I was about to say that. And, um, Apple music or beats music or whatever the fuck it's called. Absolutely did not. Right. And, and they, because I checked in just to see like, well, you know, every single station of some significance to people who care about music was doing a basically wall to wall prints, which they probably got fined for. Okay. There, uh, there's they some really? stuff that they yeah. the, again, even radio. There's some stuff that they wow. they can't play. But you, but you checked into Apple Music, and it's like it's like if you flip over to like HBO on election night, like there's no outside world. It's right. just like HBO is just showing you know the Devil's Advocate or whatever for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's very relevant. <laughs> um, I mean, the biggest the biggest thing for me too is this, and uh, we'll wrap this up so we can get on and talk about uh, a band that's sort of involved in this. They've pushed technology. Um, I also give stuff away for free. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, we know this is—it's inevitable. This, this is where it's going. My main concern with it happening right now is as magical as all the shit that we have is going on. The digital infrastructure is not there. It is, it is not there. It, this, 
uh, this officially f- no comment from this no quarter. Comment. Okay. Um, and uh, in a in a in a completely streaming world as it exists now, it cuts out lower income people. Don't you think though that, a la Jurassic Park, the music finds a way to get to the. I hope. That, I mean, like it gets. I hope. It gets. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Uh, no, but but like but I mean I mean you know um, someone will. Um, rip a stream or somehow, you know, somehow I think music finds its way to the people who want to find it. It's there just... Will, there will be technology that I moves hope. in and wrecks all of this as soon as it's out. And if all else oh, fails, yeah. you always have your closet full of 311 albums. <laughs> that, and they cannot not, take that away from you. Not for long, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on that point, uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes, uh, look into it. Uh, we were actually, Casey Ray was going to come by. Uh, so hit him up at uh, Casey Contrarian. He's going to hit me on Twitter <laughs> with all your questions about this. But no, he'll answer them because he enjoys doing this type of stuff. And, I mean, that's his job. That's what he does. Uh, so let's get on to uh, some Radiohead here. That is uh, Burn the Witch, the first single off Radiohead's ninth album, uh, Moon Shaped Pool. Uh, this one was, you know, we, we've talked about surprise releases. I forget which podcast it was on. I don't think this is a surprise release, <laughs> but it's been labeled as a surprise release. Like, oh, it dropped out of nowhere. They started out by erasing their internet presence and slowly brought it back and like teased this video on uh, Instagram and kept like teasing single singles released a single really this and uh what is sure to be paul's favorite moment of 2016 the uh fusing of radiohead and uh paul thomas anderson <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> uh on also, wait, 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 before we get into the substance can we talk about missing punctuation because I'm trying to figure that, that, out. that elusive hyphen yeah. that's not in the album is it, title. Is it supposed to be a, t- a, a hyphen or are there other functioning? I think the lack of a hyphen makes shaped a verb. Is it like so, a moon? So the moon, the moon like. shaped <laughs> the moon shaped a pool somewhere. Eats, so. shoots, and leaves. <laughs> Grammar police, this is the podcast for you. That's my favorite book. Um, uh, I don't know, Paul. We'll, we'll ask the band. I'm just. Oh, are they coming on the podcast? Sure. Yes, they are now. We we had fruit bats down here. We can get anything done. That is that is the rule now. Um, Now this is their like I said. This is their ninth album. They have made a career out of uh, sort of breaking the methods that we consume music. How we bring it in, and that that goes without speaking to the content of the actual records. uh, Starting with their possibly their finest moment, Pablo Honey. Um, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Co-signed. We, 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 strongly we, heartily we, co-signed uh, we, we, which featured uh the track creep officially <laughs> dissent from that opinion <laughs> which uh you know He's, we need a sound effect for like gets up slams off mic stomps out slams door <laughs> uh but no actually i do believe that in my heart uh, that you know that single was overplayed as shit. It's a great song, but th- there is uh, a, a very innocent and just rocking quality to that album that they carried through the bends. And in revisiting that for me, Paul, I don't know if I was telling you this. In revisiting the bends, I was like, these are actually second-rate uh, Pablo Honey songs, and they're great. I, I you don't celebrate Pablo Honey, but I, I do. So it's like and, and that I, is I that disagree is with possibly that, the worst opinion ever expressed on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I totally disagree with that okay. description of the band. Uh, 
Then in, gets up, walks out, <laughs> slams screen door. Me. I'm still, I'm, I'm still co-signing everything. Edward everything Kevin is saying. Eduardo's just nodding up and down like uh, a bobblehead. So I don't even know. <laughs> I told you we were going to get you on this. Um, so after that comes OK Computer, which at the time that came out. Now you were saying what is uh, this? Twenty years old? Oh my god! Yeah, like when I was listening to this album, it actually reminded me of. Um, it sounded like a, a best hits B sides of. There's every song on this album could be a decent song on pretty much every other album they've had. So it's a right. a weird uh, kind of conglomeration. But um, I was thinking about OK Computer, and I looked I think, it up. I think it the like, key is you just said B sides, not A sides. No, no, no. I know, and I'm not saying this is the greatest album in the world. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's actually pretty good. But you know, B sides for Radiohead is still better than 90 percent of the dross that's out there. But I was like, oh my god, OK Computer came out 20 fucking years ago. And that just was like mind boggling for me. Um, uh, I was just pointing to the mic. No. <laughs> Edit that out. Um, yeah. So, uh, but OK Computer uh, really it did break the mold. I think with uh, Paranoid Android, especially, you had some. Um, you know, they've always done a lot of honestly what U two has done and pillaged like the underground and made it more palatable. That was not actually that palatable. I remember hearing Paranoid Android and being like, "What the." Well, they also had like a series of videos that came out with that, and it, yeah. it kind of became known as a video, a visual band, Absolutely. as well as as that album. And that is still one of my absolute favorite albums yeah. of all time. Uh, and after that, they can. Complete- I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> you shouldn't. They, after that, they completely blew up everything uh, with Kid A, which in the age of that that has been called the first uh, great album in the internet age. Uh, it was. I remember watching that album leak track by track. Uh, to get it because it was one of the most anticipated albums uh, of my recollection around that time. Um, And hearing it and everybody being like, what the fuck is this? Um, And it was, I I don't even know. It was like ripping off Aphex Twin. It was like taking everything electronic and just breaking it into this weird thing and Radiohead making it their own. Uh, Amnesiac was a companion piece to that. Hail to the Thief. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan. I know people are here and there. Uh, to my mind, uh, In Rainbows is their like last great uh, statement of an album or masterpiece of an album. That that album to me is flawless. King of Limbs. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. You can read what I thought about that. <laughs> uh, that was four years ago, but. The reason I'm running that down is because we actually have never talked about Radiohead on the podcast. Uh, but And also, you know all this if you're a fan of this album or of this band. Uh, so the anticipation for this, I don't know, was it high after King of Limbs for any of you guys? Not really. It's just like, are, are we... It was, pretty, it was pretty high for me because I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't like King of Limbs, but I didn't hate it as much as right. you did. I um, can stand it. <laughs> I mean, I, it, I'll be honest, I don't listen to it, but that's because there's much better radio head to listen to. But it didn't, it wasn't an album like that made Pablo me. Money? No, no. <laughs> King of Limbs, the only album that they've made that's worse than King of Limbs is Pablo Honey. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm, and I'm serious about I, that. I don't think your mic's working, Paul. <laughs> check, 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 check. Um, so I, I don't know. I I was fine with it because it didn't it didn't sound like a band that was totally out of ideas. It was just a band that made a bit of a clunker of an album. Mm-hmm. So I was ready to see what they came what they came up with, and I really liked this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what were your first impressions of the, like what what were your expectations of what was going to happen on this one? I, honestly, I didn't have any expectations because King of Limbs was so out of was so out of left field, and there'd been mm-hmm. enough of a gap where you didn't know if you were just going to get. I didn't feel you'd get a rehash mm-hmm. of uh, of of stuff they'd done before because Radiohead doesn't need to put out new albums. Like that's the thing is Radiohead could just stop and they're yeah. all doing just fine. And they've got and you know they've all got plenty of other side projects if they want them. They've got creative outlets. Uh, there's no reason to stay on as Radiohead unless you feel like you've got something to say as Radiohead. Mm-hmm. And that's that was my only expectation that they would make something that sounded like they had something to say, and I think they did on this See, one. And, and yeah, and I and I actually disagree with that because I, I uh, uh, because I'm me. <laughs> um, it's what you, you do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no. Um, that was my disappointment. One of my disappointments with King of Limbs, and my, and honestly, at the end of the day, my disappointment with this. I think they maybe 
given the evidence that we have right now in front of us, maybe uh, In Rainbows should have been it. Because I see them carrying on as Radiohead. This uh, In both albums, less so on uh, A Moonshaped Pool, the biggest issue for me is musically, where the fuck is the band? Like, King of Limbs, the band disappeared. And so... The thrill of Radiohead was always you could tell that there was a band performing this instead of uh, on King of Limbs, just Tom York. Like there, nobody else needed to be in the studio for that. This is just Tom York and Johnny Greenwood. Uh, there's an over. It's like they've reached that stage of their career where nobody's going to edit them, and they can't edit themselves, and so they they just keep doing stuff to indulge themselves, which is fine, but I, I don't know what the solution is for me to, like, fall back in love with this band. Is Like, do they just play live shows and try out all this but shit? But I think that, but, but you, you minimize the fact that Johnny Greenwood was very prominent on this album, and I think that's huge. I mean, Johnny Greenwood's doing is. fantastic work. Greenwood, Ed O'Brien, and Phil Selway are not. That's fine, but I'm, but I'm telling you that Johnny Greenwood is doing amazing solo work right now and uh-huh. amazing soundtrack work, and you can really see that influence coming back in right here, and I think it made for a pretty cinematic album, actually. But you don't that, think... that, that's exactly... that. But, that's the word I've been looking for. So, so Carrie, so, so maybe you can address this, but you don't think that doesn't fit, like, that doesn't feel like it's shoehorning, like, Johnny's doing this, so let's, let's let him put a little of him into this uh, because we're Radiohead and we can do whatever the fuck we want. I don't care. For me, really? the okay. sound of this album works for me. Uh-huh. And when I said that I wasn't, you know, like really looking forward with bated breath to this coming out, is because I was actually a little bit worried about it because I really didn't like King of Limbs. After I saw it live, I liked yeah. it a little bit better because after I saw that concert, it was like, okay, these songs sort of make more sense to me now. But I never really went back and listened to the album more than once or twice. Um, and honestly, I'm not crazy about In Rainbows. I think it's a good album, but it's not yeah, it my favorite of theirs. Yeah. And in, and so whenever they're like, okay, we're going to... And I don't really like Tom York's um, solo stuff. So in thinking about... You mean, you mean Adams for Peace? Or do you mean... <laughs> Adam's for peace I could actually tolerate a little bit more than the eraser because the eraser is just terrible. See, I like the eraser. Which is- uh, we're going to fight. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't, you know, wholeheartedly waiting for this. But then when Burn the Witch came out, it was like, yeah, I like that. And then Daydreaming, I think they released that this week. So when the album came out, or last week, whenever it was, um, when the album came out, I listened to it the first time through and I was like, this is pleasant and boring. And then the more I have listened to it and the more I've really sunk into it, I think there's a couple of songs on the album that could have been left off. But overall, I think the orchestration is amazing. Um, I definitely am going to say this is like brunch Radiohead. It's not going to like create any new fans for them. It's not, uh, it's not a launch point for, for new fans. It's not something that someone who wants to investigate like all the different um, realms they can create should necessarily look to. But as a Radiohead fan, they are one of my favorite bands. Um, I just, I'm going to keep coming back to this so and listening the, to it. I'm haul. totally in for the long haul on this. Um, I think that the first two, you know, the first two songs they've released, I think are quite good. Um, they, they could tighten them up. They could, there could be more layers. Um, but I don't know of any other band um, that I'm familiar with that puts the, um, like the delicateness over top of these really foreboding chord structures mm-hmm. um and some of their older work you know they're using nine different notes in a chord um this sure. they kind of back down to about five you know six in some of them but overall i don't i don't really i'm not familiar with a band that i can think of off the top of my head that can do this and it kind of reminds me of classical music and so that's where i think paul's comment right. on it being cinematic really fits in and it was, was the word i was looking for but like um barber's adagio and strings which is just this really yeah. dark but simple that's what a lot of these songs remind me of. And um, Glass Eyes is, the more I listen to it, the more I just love that song. Right. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. It's so damn good. Um, and there's a, there's a couple of other places where, it, you know, it starts to kind of, um, I don't know, not silly is not the right word, but the, uh, like the orchestration gets a little overbearing on some of it. Um, it's the numbers, I think, where the, the orchestration gets really intense and it, can either go like the Rolling Stones Moonlight Mile or 
Guns N' Roses November Rain. <laughs> it's like depending on what mood I'm in. Is one better I'm... or worse? <laughs> um, I, I would like to see well, Radiohead cover November Rain. That yeah, would be fantastic. Let's, let's, uh, I feel like. Wait, 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 wait. I feel like Eduardo's going to drop some hot takes here. Uh, <laughs> Eduardo let, is let, taking notes let, in his Batman notebook as fast yeah, as I can yeah, talk. So I'm about to get schooled let's right now. Let's play a song. Uh, we were going to play Full Stop, which uh, works. Uh, a little better. It's the num- also mis- the numbers, it's, but it's misspelled song. and it really bothers yeah, yeah. Paul. Let's play. Let's play Glass Eyes Full because. Stop. Stop. <laughs> so, so this is Glass Full Eyes stop. off of a uh, moon-shaped pool. So that's uh, glass eyes off of a uh, moon-shaped pool, and uh, you, you were saying. Karen? No, I think I think that highlights the difference in what you and I both want from this album. In that, I was talking about that one key shift. There's just one gorgeous key shift, and mm-hmm. then you can really, if you listen very carefully, you can hear just basically throughout the whole album. You can hear exactly how hard they're hitting piano keys. You can hear exactly how hard the strings right. are are going across, and. For me, that's the music that I want. You're saying that you want more of the band itself, and that why isn't this itself. just Tom York? And, and when I don't actively put this on, like when it just came on, like the whole album, uh, in like a sort of weird shuffle mix, and I just forget that I'm listening to Radiohead, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I really engage with that. But I, I flip flopped so many times with this album since it came out. The first times I just was like, I, no, I, I don't guess, and that's not because <laughs> it's a hard album to get. Yeah, you posted on Facebook because look, Radiohead like isn't hard to get. Weed. They make amazing pop mm. songs, uh, and that's why people like Coldplay. Rips them off. These are these are these are complex. I always I always tell people that Coldplay is like Radiohead after drinking about four cases of Pepsi. Yes, <laughs> Coldplay is just Radiohead in the darkest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> but. But 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 then but then I'll listen to it again. And I'm like, yeah, this is fucking, uh, you know, as as good as the mm. Colin Stetson thing we were talking about. But if you listen um, to that song and you envision it like with Tom York's broken face singing it in that gorgeous voice, sure. it's just it, it's. I honestly I don't know why I can tolerate this and really like it, whereas stuff like um like last year when um what was it uh shoot what's the band I'm thinking of oh. Beach House came out and their songs didn't really go anywhere. That's a and they good, were that's fine. A good and like, I was super pissed. Like I, I expected something and it didn't wanted, come out. Wanted I house. wanted Beach House and it didn't come out. And I don't know why I can tolerate this and actually like it for what it is. Whereas the Beach House thing was just so disappointing. I, th- I think Eduardo's about to tell you he's about to drop his hot takes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, my my t- my take has uh, it's it's considerably cooler because uh, um, because of the. Uh, Colin Stetson podcast and <laughs> and and uh, and Louis Weeks and Chad Clark are just such sweet, 
um, amazing, thoughtful people that I, I, I left here thinking like, I can't shit on something that's creative because, uh, it, it just, it just, you know, I, I, I realized that actual work went into this album. Um, and I like Radiohead way less than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't dislike them. I saw them on their, I saw them on the Pablo Honey tour. It was fucking incredible. They were opening for Belly. Wow. In 1993. Yeah. Oh my God. Up that's... at Ritchie Coliseum. <laughs> um, it was it was absolutely amazing. Um, I didn't see them again until 2003. I had a friend who was pen pals with Tom York um, in the mid 90s. Like I remember going to like the mailbox in college with her and she'd be like, oh, there's a letter from Tom. Um, I, I, I respect a lot of what they've accomplished. That being said, um, I just cannot say like the one good thing I can say about this album is that they're acting their age and that's <laughs> nice because they're fucking old and this music is <laughs> incredibly boring I said and, and that's and that's great it's great that, <laughs> that a bunch of old people are acting old um no I don't like I just have my notes here are kind of scattered there's a bunch of z's uh for when I nodded off um I actually wrote two cinematic <laughs> <laughs> There's um, no such so thing. I also, I also wrote. I also wrote. Acoustic guitars should not be a good thing because no one walks around thinking I really want to hear an acoustic guitar. And the instrumentation on this album is so monotonous that when they come in, you sort of like perk up a little bit, and you think, "Oh, look, there's a different, there's a different uh, tone there." When I uh, messaged you, Kevin, and I and I said the sequencing on this album is terrible, you said, "Well, it's alpha." Which is the yeah. the single stupidest idea, <laughs> I think. <laughs> like it's just, all and, the hot takes. And, and you know why it's dumb is because yeah. we don't spell the band's name alphabetically. We call them Radiohead. Also, not... Tom York is spelled T H O M. Yeah. If yeah, he yeah. really wants to be committed, he <laughs> needs to get rid of that H. <laughs> um, so, like you know, True Love waits. Um, I'm I'm happy to see that. Uh, uh, recorded. In a, in, in that's, a, that's, in a, it's pretty, but it's yeah. a mutilated form. Right. I mean, how many people here in this room have heard the actual original thing? Have you, Paul, you know. Yeah. 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 It's, it's been around for. But I don't think the form here is mutilated. I think it's appropriate to the album. You? Yeah. Like, I. There's nothing. There's nothing random about this album. It's no, of course it, not. and and it's not. And it, I think some ways it is intentionally so horrific because of at least what I think that they're going for. Like the most the big brain on Paul, <laughs> the most jagged, most Radiohead-ish song on the album is "Burn the Witch," and yeah. that's the first one that that's the first one that comes out. That's what brings you in there. But usually, when they're doing their when they're doing their albums, especially the ones that are you know so focused on uh, you know techno fear and paranoia of where the world is going, right there, they they bounce back and forth. You've got the jagged like rebel against this fear or you know sit up and take notice of it at least song and then the one that's you know no alarms and no surprises just it's like it's going to take you over here i get the feeling that the band or at least tom york have kind of given up like they see like the future that they were worried about in okay computer is either here or really darn close to it so you've got this one last burst of rebellion and you know it sit up and take notice with burn the witch to start out with and the rest of it is fatalistic it's <laughs> it's aliens and robots and your humanity is being taken away from you and just progressively slower and slower it is yeah. an almost an album length no alarms Right. Well, uh, you know, and it should be noted here that uh, there's a lot of speculation. I don't know if he's spoken about this in the press, but uh, you know, he ended his 23 year old 23 yep. year relationship uh, to his partner, which they have, I think, like one kid or two. Uh, but uh, and that this is about that. Is it a? I don't know if I would buy that it's about that. Well, but it can love waits at the end. I mean, that's a song that was I think written for. Well, her, but so. hold on. But but it can. But it definitely will influence your mental state. You can see the exact yeah. same yeah. things going on, and depending on what's going on in your personal life, you might say, "All right, let's stand up and do something about this, or at least make everybody take notice and see if someone can do something about it." And in a different spot, like say, if you break up with your partner of twenty three years, you might just say, "Well, fuck it." It's all done. Everything sucks, and I'm going. Plus, I'm over fifty, so it's all downhill from here. 
Well, I, mean, I just can... look at look at the, look at how he looks in daydreaming. Like yeah. that's the face he's got for this whole album. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can I can buy your the, the conceit you're selling, Paul. I mean, I think that I think that um, that partly absolves. Um, I think it partly absolves the album, but I I, I really struggle with the idea that. Um, Every time Radiohead releases an album, it's supposed to be this encapsulation of a kind of like global leftist zeitgeist or something. And 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 I can read The Guardian or follow Glenn Greenwald on Twitter or Joe Klein or who you know uh, Naomi Klein. Sorry, Ron Klein. Um, I, I I just don't like I I've listened to this album now a number of times, and I'm just not hearing something that not only is it not attention grabbing like the things that it does well other artists do better um and so and so when i think about what you why you go to radiohead and not some other source like none of that i don't think is there so i'll challenge you on that because i was challenged on it i couldn't do it because i I do i do think we're at least me personally like i'm over radiohead like my Mm -hmm. idolatry of that even though there's a poster over there on the wall um and and that's a thing. That's a, a statement that I tossed up. I said, "Hey, you know, uh, I think there are other bands that do this better. But what are those bands?" Well, if you want, like, kind of like an ambient cinematic mm-hmm. thing, there's like a, there's like entire genres and subgenres yeah. that are dedicated to it. Yeah. Um, but wh- that's but that's only if you're going for like the mood music aspect of this. I think that because yeah. I think part of it is not is. Is Radiohead's skill, but part of, part of it is because they are Radiohead. They're one of the few bands that's reached a point where, whether they want to or not, people are looking to them for you know some kind of statement right there, and you use that uh, you use that attention, and you you can actually communicate with people through reference to the rest of your catalog, which is I think what they're doing right here. Like this album makes sense because it's not coming from nowhere this album makes sense because it's coming from radiohead and everybody listening to this album has a 20 plus year history with radiohead and you can also say that there are other bands that do this type of thing better and there are other genres that address this type of thing but there to my knowledge there's not another band that sounds like radiohead Whereas, like, if you listen to like explosions in the sky you can't tell the difference between that and mogwai they're the same bands yeah i agree (laughs) but radiohead has as long as tom york is singing even if it's no matter what it is you can tell what it is i mean his voice is so amazing but without the band and this gets back to the way i did my king (laughs) of limbs without the band then there that is the only distinguishing thing and so when i remove that and then it gets into like people lots of people are doing this exact same thing you just have a different singer and not necessarily better singer on top of what everybody is doing well and also like substance like i would challenge the idea that that combining donald trump um sort of you know pure the idea of puritanism and the wicker man like if green day did that we would not think that it's this powerful statement it's actually not like it's actually not a brill like it's it's well, kind of it's kind of a shallow political observation. And, and it's not one I disagree with. I've asked but people like, this too: is that we're all old enough to have seen The Wicker Man. We know what it is, and arguably, I don't know how long ago the the Nick Cage version was, but a little over ten years ago. A little over yeah. ten years that, ago. That, that, so. Their video was definitely missing a bee helmet. <laughs> so so it was but i saw a think pieces written by people who were like in their early 20s about the genius of this video and its conception i was like there was nothing to conceive they literally made a stop motion version of a condensed wicker man and that is to me that that's bullshit you know because the, no thought went into that except like hey our friend does this but let him do his art which I support, but as a statement, like there's that's empty, and that might speak to the thing like they, they're just sort of like they're done, you know. They, I just I disagree. I mean, I'm not going to say that that's like the most profound video that they've done, but it was visually striking, and I think that I, they, I enjoyed it because I, I love the Wicker Man, and I think that most well, so do I, and so do I, but <laughs> so I thought it was cool, but uh, yeah. but I think most of the point of Burn the Witch is to get people's attention, yeah, and that's what the video did that's what it does and that's its role at the beginning of the album i think it's telling that they followed up 
that they followed it up both on the album and in the singles releases with Daydreaming, and they did that almost immediately. It was, what, the next mm-hmm. day that they dropped Daydreaming? Yeah. Like, they were letting you know, like, that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. Daydreaming is what we're doing here. Burn the Witch gets your attention, gets you thinking, and then you slide right into Daydreaming. Yeah. Which is which is not a it's it's not a bad song. The video's good. There's some I think it was it was Louis who said here that there's it takes a lot of courage to do that little when you're a band like Radiohead who's expected to do so much. So I can I can appreciate I can appreciate that. But but can so like I've heard you both say that you really and I'm pointing to Carrie and Paul, that you really like the instrumentation here. Um and is and like and is that something that you think will like in a year you'll still say that you'll still say that that album is is um, that the the sounds on it are not repetitive or you know if I have to hear one more little three note piano thing in the background of a song like I'm gonna <laughs> You're gonna um, move out of this basement <laughs> I'm not gonna take those three eleven CDs <laughs> um, I honestly think I'll probably like it better in a year because every time I listen to it and come back to it. Um, I like it a little bit more, and the fact that I'm not already tired of it with as many times as I've listened to it this week, to me, is indicative that I'm going to keep coming back to it. It gets way better on headphones, like a lot of their yeah. albums. I've been listening to it. Yeah. I've only been listening to it on headphones yeah. because yeah. Um, I've been listening to Car Seat Headrest on the car, and... And you've been blasting that shit. I've been blasting that yeah. shit. But Radiohead has been solely in my headphones as loud as I can tolerate it. So, uh, let's start with you, Paul. What are you going to do with this? Oh, I'm going to buy this, uh, and I would be pretty surprised if it wasn't on my top ten at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Eduardo, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass, but I'm gonna do that in alpha order, so it's going to be A P S S, so that Radiohead can understand me when I say that. <laughs> All right, uh, Carrie. That sounds like A pass. Um, I'm going to buy it, and then two years from now, I'm going to stream it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, ten, and then uh, at the end of the year, I do think this is probably also going to be on my top ten. Okay. I'm going to uh, stream it um, just because I celebrate Radiohead's entire catalog. <laughs> and uh, I, because, because of the shifts that I have, I, I do not think this is one of their like, greatest achievements at all. But I am a fan of what they do. Um, and, uh, you know, they can't hit it every time. I mean, also, it's not as offensive to, like, King of Limbs is literally offensive to me. So. So your vote on this is not offensive, so you're going to stream it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So, is that good enough for you guys? (laughs) That (laughs) works. Cool. Radiohead's a moon-shaped pool. Uh, as always, don't trust our opinions, although you probably do since you're listening to this. That would make sense. Otherwise, that's weird that you're listening to this. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, but really, really but completely disregard everything we yes, have to yes, say. Yes, Unless yes, you're yeah. just screaming at the radio for fun. Um, yeah. Needless to say, it's been a uh, topic uh, or a hot topic of conversation. And uh, like I think anything they release in the f- ever is going to be. So, uh, yeah. they're, they're just flat out one of the world's biggest bands. And they, and they earned it. It is very odd to me that a band that puts out something that is it is boring mm-hmm. is as polarizing yeah. as they are. Yeah, they. I mean, but they've earned every. If you haven't seen them live, I was about like, to say, do it. They, they are God, they they are, they are one of the great live bands, mm-hmm. and so everything negative I said about them is tempered with the fact that like. I'm probably not going to go see them live anymore because I'd fall asleep if they play this material. <laughs> but or but you might they... love it, and then you have to eat all your words. Hmm. <sighs> Uh, before we get out of here this week, though, uh, we like to play a little track for y'all. And uh, this week, uh, you know, the past few weeks have, for me, uh, sort of been about, like, getting people in the room together. 
So we're going to get people in sort of the virtual room here. Uh, we are based in Washington, D.C., and as much as you guys might think that hardcore is like the indigenous music of D.C., it is not. Uh, that that honor goes to Go-Go, and, uh, created by Chuck, Chuck Brown, uh, and also the guys we're going to play, uh, Rare Essence. They've been around for 30, almost 40 years. Yeah, they, they have a new album. Yes, yeah. they do have nice. a new album, nice. uh, and, and I guarantee you most of our, our listeners who are listening to Radiohead have not heard of this band. But I also guarantee you that Tom York has uh, the the rhythmic stuff. If you are into uh, percussion at all, like you know Go Go and you study it uh, because it is it 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 is a beating like just pulse of life. Uh, that's quite amazing. We're gonna have a bunch of links in the show notes to tell you more about this band because it's a thirty year history. Uh, but right now, what I want to do is uh, play the uh, title track from their album. Uh, so this is uh, Rare Essences. Uh, Turn it up off of their first album in 15 years. Uh, Turn it up. Turn it up from uh, Rare Essence. Uh, if that's the first time you've heard Go Go, uh, there you go. You're welcome. Welcome to DC. Yeah, get get into it. They are, uh, I think, aggressively pursuing shows. Look at their tour dates. Uh, you know, Go Go has made its absence from the DC area proper. You know, you're not likely to see 
a uh, a show at some place like the 930 Club too often. Although I think Trouble Funk is actually playing at the Lincoln Theater tonight, which is another like classic like funk and go-go band. And there is still that shop on the corner of uh, 9th and U. There is still that shop. Uh, but, you know, with more people seeing that like this is out there uh, and there's been a movement here for preservation. You have the Howards in Trouble. They closed Bohemian Caverns, which was jazz. But mm-hmm. uh, ex- I would expect to see these people pushing back into, like, go-go musicians specifically, uh, back into the city. And, and they should. And everybody should go out. It's a three-hour, like, endurance test. Our Uber driver last <laughs> night, he was like, he's like, everybody goes in and everybody has a party. Yeah. It's Man. called go-go because it don't stop. So right. <laughs> uh, There's actually a fantastic... Uh, article by Chris Richards that we're going to have in the, in the show notes about DC hardcore. Uh, well, DC hardcore, he did that too, but uh, about GoGo. So, uh, so that's our podcast for this week. Thank you guys for coming down. We uh, are available on iTunes. If you would like to rate us, please do so. Leave us a little comment or email or text uh, Carrie this week. Yeah, what is email Carrie? She, she's handling the comments. <laughs> um, you can do that. Uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher. I think we're going to be up a mixed cloud soon uh so i'm not sure when that's coming but uh it's a neat little platform that uh radios use a lot so we're going to be up on that you can listen to us that way just all kinds of ways to do that coming up next week is probably the podcast uh that's not an interview that i'm most excited for uh, we're going to be talking about the motherfucking car seat uh so on monday tune in for that and uh, make sure you get that uh, on Friday, which will be tomorrow if you're listening to something like this. Uh, because, spoiler alert, it fucking rocks. <laughs> uh, so that's it. We're out of here. Uh, as always, uh, be good to your ears, be good to be better to your people. We'll see you later. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>